Hello everyone, my name is Gareth Rafferty and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast. Today we have a guest which I told you on the last episode that I was really excited to join and his name is Quinton Allens. Appreciate you having me man, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. So the way that I usually start this whenever we have a guest is I get the guest to spend one minute telling the audience a bit about themselves and how they got to where they are now. So whenever you're yeah, on. a minute, stop me if I go over. All right. Yeah. Um, so I, I launched my first company out of college, directly out of college, basically took a dead end job and then just started working, um, ended up um, quitting that dead end job about six months in. And then after that, my company failed and I focused on my first agency, which I pivoted a bunch. Um, but around that time, I was recording videos, um, just talking about my life, recording everything that was going on, um, literally just like a video diary, but I got really, really comfortable in front of the camera, ended up moving to LinkedIn, became one of the first and most consistent, first and consistent LinkedIn video content creators there. Um, that I use that to propel my brand, to propel my company forward, but I realized that I wasn't doing what I wanted to do and I was just a solopreneur. So that turned into what I'm doing now, which is Urban Mist Adventures. We're now one of Milwaukee's fastest growing startups. I'm essentially just a parent company that owns different subsidiaries. One is a content agency, one is an events company, and we're about to launch our third as well. Um, but everybody within my business is an influencer. So we tell stories, we host parties, and we're just enjoying what we're doing now. And then I do some speaking, I travel, and I have a cool dog too. But that is me. That's cool. You went over like 45, 46 seconds. You, you went over by about five seconds. <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> I, I know from seeing some of your LinkedIn videos previous that you started off in the music industry. How, how did you get, get to that position and realize that actually the music industry might be for you? Yeah. Um, so I... The reason I started playing guitar, the reason I started singing, I don't really talk about that a lot, but um, our power was getting turned off a lot at home um, when I was in high school. And I, I was just always bored. I didn't have anything to do, you know, like I was big into video games and I wasn't able to play them because the power was off. So I, I picked up a guitar. Um, I tried to learn previously, but my mom had just gotten divorced and he moved away and he left a guitar there. So I, I just started teaching myself, started singing. And I was always told like, shut shut up Q, you suck. Um, but one day, like I, I posted a video to YouTube and my entire school saw it and they're like, wow, like that's awesome. And then I, I started singing for people. The first concert I did was in front of 500 people. And that was the first time that I sang in front of anybody. Um, and I loved it, dude. I love seeing that something that I did impacted people. I love evoking a response in other people, but that was the first time that I was really ever good at anything. And then moved into college and same thing. I kept singing and it taught me how to hustle. But ultimately I realized it just wasn't for me. I didn't, I love that I was able to impact people, but I, I didn't love music. I didn't love that industry. I didn't love that lifestyle, but I do, I still play and everything like that. So you talked about your first gig being in front of 500 people. How, one, how did you get 500 people in a room to listen to you just starting out? And how old are you at this point? Yeah, I was, I think I was 17. Um, I was 17 and I was invited to this I Love Music Festival. Um, they really liked one of my songs. I had written many, but they really liked one of my songs. They're like, yeah, we're going to go up. Do you want to perform this before we go up? Um, <laughs> honestly, like that's all I remember. Um, I, w I was terrified, dude. Like I was shaking. I, I performed it. I probably didn't perform it to the best of my abilities, but I performed it. Um, 
but I was invited to speak because they liked one of my songs and I just performed in front of this jazz band. Wow, that's cool. That's really cool. So have you always wanted to make change to people's lives then? Has it always been in your blood? Um, you know, um, I, I always love stories, whether that was in music or I was in second grade writing stories or things like that. And stories have the ability to impact people a thousand percent, but I didn't know that I wanted to impact people. I was always super, super shy. I wouldn't say introverted, but just super shy. And I, I didn't really talk to people because I had difficulties connecting. Um, but I knew that I was never going to be that person or I didn't want to be that person that just took a corporate job and just worked nine to five all day, every day, got married and then died. Right. I knew that wasn't me. What kind of impact? I didn't know. Um, at times, like I wanted to be a professional basketball player, a professional track athlete um, or a writer. Um, that was always me, but I didn't know that I wanted to impact people on the scale that I do now that I want to know. Yeah. You sound quite similar to me because during my childhood, I know I bounced around a lot of careers. Was that you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, childhood, no. I actually didn't have a job. Music was technically my first job. I did not like working for people and I wrote. Um, in college, though, I did internships basically for every single company in the city, dude. I like agencies, startups, corporate. Um, I even drove for um, Zipcar at one point. Like I did a lot of different things just to see what I liked, but it always came back to those stories and always came back to content and what I was actually good at. And that's people, that's stories. So I've done a lot of different things, but I've never been more comfortable than, never been more comfortable and uncomfortable than I am right now. Yeah. So what, when you were a kid, what did you aspire to be? What, what was that like long-term goal for you? Yeah, um, I would say it's one of two things. First, I, I was obsessed with Kobe Bryant. Um, like I still am. Like I absolutely love Kobe. I love his mindset, um, his, his need to, not necessarily perfect, but his need to be excellent. I was obsessed with Kobe and I wanted to be a professional basketball player. And dude, I would practice every single day, every single, all day, all night. Like that was me. Um, but again, like I, I was afraid of success for a long, long time. Like I was okay. I was a decent athlete. I was better at track and field, um, which kind of irked me, but I wanted to be a professional basketball player or I wanted my dream. Like I still remember this, like New York city and like uh, living with like five other dudes that were like hustling in music or writing. Um, I was in the attic writing stories, writing books, overlooking the city like that was my life that's always been my dream i wanted to be a writer or a professional athlete um i i could not envision myself being a professional athlete i don't want to do that i was a collegiate athlete um but writing dude i would say writing i was just always told like you're gonna have to be an english teacher or you're gonna have to go do something else so that you can write you got to be in marketing like there's no way that you can be a writer full time so i never really thought about that but um, i am writing my first book after this tedx so i'm excited yeah I, uh, I actually remember seeing one of your posts about you writing this book, so that's really cool. Appreciate it, man. So this idea, I mean, it's even in your goal about like that hustle lifestyle. Where, where does it stem from from you? Do you think it was from your parents or was it just from you internally watching videos on YouTube? Where does that come from? I think it's because I don't come from much, man. Um, again, like I started learning guitar because our power was off, right? Like we lost homes. Like I, I didn't have a dad. Like we always took care of each other, like as siblings. I just don't come from much. Like 
in college, like my car broke down one time and then the entire winter, the entire summer, entire spring, like I just ran to school, which was six, six miles away from my apartment, dude. Like I ran or I rollerbladed or I biked in the middle of winter. Like to me, like, it's like, okay, let's just do it. Like that's the only option for me. Like I just, I see a goal and then I go get it. Um, I probably comes from my mom probably comes from me not having things, but also like, I just, if I want something, I'm going to get it. And that's just a decision that I've made. Yeah. I, I, I get that on a personal level because I, I too didn't come from much. I have been in foster care since I was three. So, and now the fact that I'm like 20 and I talk about it openly that people really resonate with that because like, even if you're not in foster care, people just understand. And because you don't have to be in foster care to have gone through struggles in your life with parents and family and all of that. So yeah, I get that. So talking about that New York, why, like where, where did that goal come from for you? Why, why New York? Yeah. Um, even now, like I have an obsession with New York city and I love it there. Like I go there, I don't want to sleep. I, I just want to work. I just want to hustle. I just want to connect with people because the city's got a pulse. And even when I was young, like I would watch movies, I would read stories. And where is this author from? New York City. You know, like I was just always obsessed with that culture. Not necessarily hustle, 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 because I do like take care of myself. But that that culture and the melting pot and I don't know what it is, man. I When I was young, I couldn't tell you what it is. But now I would say it's that culture and the city has life. And a lot of cities are missing that now. Mm. Yeah, I definitely get that because New York is also one of my goals, but you, you've got the advantage that you're in America. Whereas I, being here in Madrid and in the UK, it's a lot more difficult for me to get over to New York than it is for you. See, I almost moved to London too. Like um, last year before I started this company, I almost moved to London. I, wow. If I didn't start this company, I would be there right now. And I, I still want to go. I still might live there for a handful of months. Like, Because I, I hear it's similar. Not the same, but I hear it's similar and the fashion there is impeccable. So. I want to do both. Wow. London being similar to New York. Wow. Is it not? That's, that's what I heard. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely don't feel that type of environment <laughs> the same as New York because I, I went to New York for a week and the one thing I got annoyed at was we were pretty much rushing around for like four days straight. So when we got to Central Park, which was what I was waiting for, everyone just sat on the grass but because I was only I think I was like 16 at the time we weren't allowed to explore New York by ourselves and so I wanted to go around Central Park and get lost and explore but I couldn't because I needed someone with me which is quite gutting but like after going to New York and then being to London I I, I don't feel anything in London but that could be because I'm from the UK so I'll let you know when I live in, when I live in both. Yeah. Or when you live in both, you let me know. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to, to London? I haven't. I haven't. I was going to move because it terrified me and I needed to change, but yeah. I'm starting this and it's, it's worked out. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Why, why did you choose London and not Bali? I know a lot of people at the moment, like Finn, he's in Bali at the moment. Yeah. Um, Bali's too chill for me. I, I know myself very well. I need to, I need energy. I need a lot of energy. And I, 
I like having fun, but also what I do is fun. Um, from what I've heard from Ben, it's New York is like, let's work to work because we love it. Bali, let's work so we don't have to work so much, you know? Um, and yeah. that's not necessarily me. I remember I was, I was looking into moving to Chicago. I just needed to get out of Milwaukee at the time. And I was just so stressed. I was so mad at everybody around me. I love Milwaukee, but at the time I was so mad. So it was either Chicago, New York City, or London. And a friend sat me down. They're like, okay, Chicago is too safe for you. New York you love, but London terrifies you. And again, who I am as a person, it was London because that's what I wanted. That's what I needed to do. So I was going to move, but started this. I do plan on, I'll, I will live there for at least a month. I will. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, what about Miami? I've heard Miami's like really. Like again, just not for me. <laughs> Culture wise, just not for me. That, no. that to me, and again, I haven't like lived there, so I don't know. It depends where you are. Just not for me. I love Four Seasons. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. The UK definitely has a lot of Four Seasons there. It changes every day. <laughs> One day sun, the next day rain. So uh, I, I can tell you that every day take a cold if you get if you got some. I love that. You need it. You need. It. I don't know why, but I do. So. Have you always, like, were you brought up in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, or did you move there? Yeah, so my I family uh, my family moved from Florida to Minnesota the year before I was born. So I was born in Twin Cities, um, grew up in the city there, and then we moved out to the suburbs when I was in high school, which I absolutely despised. Um, and then for college, I was going to go to New York City for music school, but I was too late. Um, so... I was actually second in the state for triple jump, and, which is track and field. And Milwaukee school was the only school that offered me a scholarship that I didn't have to run track for because I hated track and field, even though I was good at it. So I came here, ended up running anyway, but came here and I have no family here. I have no, I knew no one here. I just, but I fell in love with the city. Yeah. I've actually seen quite a lot of people are in Milwaukee and there's lots going on and, and that's yeah, just for when I started, dude, there was no one, man. Like, and that's so cool to hear because a lot of people say there's no one in my city, nothing's happening. But Milwaukee's one of the top LinkedIn cities now. But no one is here. Literally no one. I mean, I I see you, Eric, and then the, the, the rest of your team, and then I see Jackie. And like for me being in the UK, seeing people on LinkedIn, it's like everybody is in America. Mm. And it's just it's quite sad really because I want to go meet everyone, but then obviously America, it's quite an expensive trip. Yeah. And it just so happens that the spacing in between everyone is slightly too far for it to be like a train journey or a drive. And then it just means it's literally just flying around America. Yep. So yeah, you got to do like a, a national event or something. Well, I mean, national for me is quite easy being from the UK. I mean, it's like four hours on the train, but <laughs> let's say it's something different. So. Do something. Maybe, maybe that's my excuse to get to London. Do something in London. Everybody flies out. It'd be red. Yeah, you, you, you should. And while you're, while you're in the UK, you should pop to Scotland as well. Scotland's quite nice. That'd be awesome. That would be um, cute. I, I just want to, I want to see everything. I do. And yeah. the nature of, or at least my position, I can work from anywhere. So maybe soon. Yeah, it'd be good. So at the moment, what are you working on improving in yourself? Um, personally, I'm, 
health, I would say. Health, I, that's just something I neglected for the first two years of being a full-time entrepreneur because I had to. I wasn't able to eat anything. I wasn't really able to take care of myself because I didn't have the financial means. Um, I was still like running and lifting, but I was always exhausted because I just wasn't eating. So my health for sure. Um, I'd say ego. I'm always just making sure that it's, it's not getting too big. I'm keeping that in check. I want to stay humble. Always want to stay humble. And I always want to remember what got me here. And that's the people because I, I wouldn't be anything without the people people that believed in me, people that supported me, people that invested in me. Um, so just making sure that I keep, that I stay humble and that never, ever, ever changes. Um, then on probably on the business side, I'm looking more into like angel investors and just a whole investment world like VCs, because I just don't understand that because I've always bootstrapped. Um, and yep. we are starting our third subsidiary now. And I know in the future, like I plan on buying an esports organization and probably um, looking into like angel investment. So I want to understand that world more. I don't know if we'll ever take investment for urban misadventures, but probably for different subsidiaries we might. So um, I would say that is something that I'm, I'm working on. Yeah. So talking about you and that personal development, why do you think like staying healthy and like keeping grounded is important? Um, I've just seen so many people burn out, man. Like not even looking at entrepreneurship. If we just talk about LinkedIn, when I started, there is a group, a, a group, and you knew that those are the creators and they're all gone, man. Like there's two or three that are still there and I called it. And then move fast forward two, three months. There was a group. And yeah. They're all gone. And now fast forward a year. There is a group. They're all gone. Fast forward six more months. Now there's a group. And I guarantee you a lot of them will be gone. And I always said, I'm always going to be the most consistent. I don't care if you get more views. I don't care if you have better engagement. I will be more consistent than you. And I'm competitive as fuck. I don't give a fuck. Like I will beat anyone, but I'm going to be more consistent. And I can't do that if I don't take care of myself. I can't do that if I'm not healthy. And it's not going to matter at the end of the day if I die, right? So I want to eat healthy. I want to take care of my body and take care of my mind and everything else. Because if I don't, it's not going to matter. And I've just seen so many people burn out. And I want everybody to succeed, man. Um, one, because it pushes me, but also because we all can win but a lot of people fall off because they don't take care of themselves. So they try to do too much at once. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's something I've started to hear a lot more people talking about is the burnout. And I, uh, I even listened to a podcast, which was by a guy named Stephen Bartlett. Have you heard of him? Yep. He's yeah. Good. He made a podcast episode a few weeks ago called the, the burnout generation. And he speaks about how, it's awesome because we have all of this tech that makes us really efficient, but then we don't spend time to appreciate if we have a success and we just keep working to try and get the next thing. Yeah. And like, I even had a guy on my podcast a few weeks ago that he was talking about how he started this company and he always wanted to work and then he burnt out and that was a real eye opener for me and the rest of the audience that listened to this because it's not spoken about enough, I don't think. It's not. It's not because people think they're machines, man. We're not yet. Like, I don't know. I want to enjoy my life and I do love my work, but also I love video games and they're not connected, right? I love reading, mm -hmm. dude. I love running. I love fitness. I love animals. Like, if I don't do those things, I think just people in general, they need to play more. If we play more, we're going to be better at work. If we can make our work play even better, but um, yeah. people just do the things that they would do when they burn out before they burn out so that they keep themselves from burning out. 
That's something that Willie Morris told me. He said, put all the pieces in place so that you're not burning out. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Willie, I follow him on LinkedIn and on Instagram and he, at the moment, he just seems to constantly be riding, riding around on that one wheel machine. <laughs> yep. He's loving it. So going back to you in particular and starting the company, what made you want to try again after having failures? Um, I made a promise to myself that I would never go back to working for someone else. Um, I, if I look at my growth just as a person, not necessarily financial or anything like that, compared to a lot of my peers when they were graduating and the work that they've done, I get a lot of messages. Hey, dude, like I want to do something similar or I'm struggling with this and I'm always in control of my growth, whereas they're restricted by their position. And I never want to feel that. I always want to be in control of my growth. Now, like we were flatlining a little bit. So now we're moving into a bigger office and it's going to push us and our team's going to be better, but I'm in control of that. So I just, I will never go back because I know what I'm worth and what someone could pay me. Like maybe financially it would be worth it, but I wouldn't be control fully of my growth. So I want to be in control and I will never, unless it makes absolutely perfect sense and it's a perfect fit and it's way down the line. I won't go back and I promise myself that because I want to grow. My 20s are about growth, not necessarily building um, wealth, but making myself into a brand and making myself um, better as a human being so that I can achieve all the things that I want to in the future. I'll just, I, I can't go back. Yeah. And I don't think ever. <laughs> That's actually something that I realized that while I was in school before going to university or college, as you guys in the US call it, it's like I focused a lot of time on me and building myself and my brand, but not necessarily online, but just like in the local community. And I knew and felt myself grow as a person, but then I couldn't imagine doing that being in an office space. I wouldn't be able to grow as much. And I feel like when you do grow, it's with the company as opposed to personally developing yourself and as you said, I definitely think it's restricting for some people. I wouldn't say all people, yeah, but like for some people. Yeah, it, dude, I don't think everyone should be an entrepreneur at all. Yeah. And there's like corporate's fine. Like working for other people is totally fine. You can grow so long as it's a good position. If it's not, move on. Like there's mm. a bunch of companies and, and organizations out there. Like they're not all restricting and it's just all about what works best for you. This works best for me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone approach you? I, I had someone approach me a few days ago, and that's why I ask, and say that they saw your content and thought it was inspiring, and so they're starting a company. Yeah, um, that's my favorite part of this, man. Like, I have a deep, like, crazy soft spot for people that start their first businesses just because I struggled so hard. Um, yeah. it literally happens every week and it is my favorite thing. Like, that's another reason why I can't go back because of that. Like I want people to do it and I want people to succeed. Like I had a guy that, um, I just started a Patreon, um, which mm. if you don't know what Patreon is definitely check it out. It's amazing. But, um, I started this and I'm just like, yo, like if you've ever found any value in what I've done, um, I'd appreciate the support. And this guy that's starting his first company is supporting me. And that to me means the world because I understand what even $5 or $10 means when you're starting a company. Yeah. 
dude, like that's, that's my favorite. And I will always, always invest in those people because it's, it's incredible. Like that's the best feeling in the world. It's more exciting than my company growing because if I see someone else growing and like, I don't know, like that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I had someone that I have technically known on LinkedIn for about six months. And when I first met them, they weren't in a good place. And I was actually going to go and meet them. They're older than me and I was going to go meet them because they lived in my local area and I was going to go and mentor them and find a way where they could find a bit of clarity in their life. And then out of the blue, he just messaged me saying, I've been seeing your content and it's inspiring and I'm starting a cocktail business. And I was like, well, a cocktail business has really high startup costs. And I was like, how do I respond to this? Because I don't know whether he was just doing it just to call himself an entrepreneur or whether he actually thinks it's suitable. And I, d- I really didn't know how to respond. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's something that I'll always give my advice and I'll always give my opinion, but also like when I was starting my first company, a lot of people told me a lot of things. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad, but all came from a good place. Um, like I'll, I would definitely like express, Hey, like just make sure you keep this in mind or make sure you look for this sponsor or this partner. Cause it might help you. But I'd be very, very careful about discouraging people to jump or discouraging people to go after it. Like definitely speak your mind, but that's all I was told. Hey dude, like you'll probably fail because most businesses fail. Hey yeah. dude, like really look at this. Like, and I know they were all coming from a good place, but I had to tune a lot of that out. So I'm always worried about the advice I'm giving, even if I know it's coming from a good place. I still speak my mind and I, I make sure that I'm helping them, but yeah. Yeah, that, that's something I, I found. I had the tendency to ask loads of people for advice, but then that caused me to have the problem of having conflicting advice and then not knowing what to do. And it was probably easier not asking for advice. Anything, anything can work. It's just what's going to work best for you. And yeah, that's yeah. why I'm always worried about, okay, do this, do this. Here's a formula because it's not a formula. It's different every time. Yeah. So you talked about your company that failed. What was that company and well, uh, how did it fail and what, what did it feel like when you failed? Uh, yeah, first one, I started two companies at the same time. Um, one so I could survive the other one because it was passion. Um, the passion one was virtual reality, um, not even a startup, I would call it. Basically, it's just a product, um, but essentially it was a it was supposed to be a platform in the education space that allowed you to learn through virtual reality. What I built though, um, what we built was just essentially an MVP. Just, hey, you walk in a coffee shop, you have this headset on, I wanna order this or this or this in Spanish. So you're ordering coffee or a product or whatever it is. Literally, I only mapped out one path, ordering coffee in Spanish. Um, the reason that failed is because I realized that I wasn't going to make any money off of it and I'd be struggling and building this for a very long time. And that was not my strong suit. I was not a developer. I was not a 3D modeler, but I was doing those things and I was forcing myself to do them because I wanted to be called, I wanted to be referred to as innovative. I didn't want to do something not sexy like marketing because I wanted to, I wanted to be sexy and I wanted to be cool. So I scrapped that and it was the hardest, literally the hardest decision for me. Um, but 
it was just a decision, hey, I, I can't do this anymore because I'm not going to grow. And in the agency, um, I pivoted a lot. Like I was full stack at first, meaning that I basically did everything in marketing world. And then I realized, damn, I don't know how to do everything. So I moved yeah. into marketing because that was my background. Then I moved into just lead gen. Then like, okay, we're just going to do social media for coffee jobs and just fitness. And I pivoted at all these different times, ended up on personal branding. And that's when I started growing. I'm like, okay, I'm onto something. I'm good with people. And then I moved into personal branding, but within like corporate structures. So I'd go into companies and just teach them and show them, okay, this is why your employees need to tell their story. And this is the benefits. And I would teach them how to do that. And that was pretty successful. Like I had struggled all those years before. So uh, it technically was not profitable, but, but in those last few months, it was super successful. Um, but I, I didn't want to do it. I was so bored, dude. And that's why I decided to just stop that and do what I'm doing now. So the first one failed. The second one I could have did something with, but um, I'm glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And then looking at the company that you're in now, um, actually, uh, how long ago was it that you like decided that you didn't want to do the other companies? So it's been 10 months um, unofficially for Urban Mist Adventures, six months legally. Um, I dissolved the virtual reality thing, I want to say a year and a half ago. Um, and then early, early last, no, late last year. I'm blanking. I don't know when I dissolved it. <laughs> I think really late last year, like August, um, August 2018 is when. I stopped the other thing, the agency magazine. I think yeah. I should know that. <laughs> well, it's disturbing. I actually don't, I don't know the date. Well, so with Eric and all the rest of your founders, well, your co-founders, how did you meet them? Was it all through LinkedIn or did you just already know them in person? Yeah. Um, so I met Eric because I was creating on LinkedIn and I saw him on Twitter and he was just crushing it. So I'm like, dude, like we should totally collab. Um, we ended up shooting a video. And then at, around that time I had convinced a lot of people to jump on LinkedIn, but again, they burn out or they just don't do what they wanted to do or they don't do what they say they're going to do. He did it for 90 days straight. So I'm like, dude, that's dope. Let's do something. So we did a YouTube channel and I'm like, dude, that's dope, but that's not enough. Let's start a business. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, which still surprises me. And then Izzy, I, he was my college roommate. Um, 2013 and then we lived in an apartment together with a few other people as well um, but he was the person that really pushed me into the marketing world um, I remember he drove to this company that I was trying to get an internship with and he talked to the founder and got me the internship and that internship um, opened up so many doors and I met like NBA owners um, the mayor like all these play movers and shakers in Milwaukee and Chicago he's a reason and then also, he introduced me to Brema in like 2013, whose Instagram handle was optic.legacy, um, mm. who's one of the biggest Instagrammers in Milwaukee. Um, he was following him. He was like, dude, you should follow this dude. And then fast forward to when I was talking to um, Eric, I remember this group, I was pulled in, Brema was also pulled into this, um, and they wanted to do something similar to what we're doing now. Um, and then Randomly, they kicked me out. They kicked Brem out, so whatever. Um, and I'm like, dude, like you're an incredible photographer. I'm gonna hire you. And this is my old agency. I hired him to come shoot like one of those companies that I was talking to. Um, and then 
I hired him again to come shoot me and Eric because me and Eric were starting a business. And he's like, I really like this. I want to be a part of it. I don't really know what you guys are doing, but I want to be a part of it. Um, so it was the three of us. And then Izzy was transitioning from a job and he was just working on bikes and driving Uber Eats. He's a director of partnerships. So it's way, way beneath him when he like transitioned. Um, I'm like, dude, like you're too good for that. Like I need sales. I can make you way more than you're making right now. If you just work with me, let's do it. And then we started this and it's moved faster than any of us expected. We ate crap. We ate like ate shit for a long time, but um, it's, it's moving. So if all of you are from like marketing and the content background, how do you do all the rest of the business stuff, like the legal and the accounting? Yeah. So we're not all from the marketing background. Um, so, so Eric um, was like, I don't even know what he was doing, but it was like techie stuff, dude. Like we got so lucky with how we all came together. Um, just working on like wiring and systems and stuff that I don't understand, but he was also a content creator and an influencer in a video game, um, dude. Um, and then Brema, of course, like content. Me, like more inbound marketing, but I had started businesses before. I was the only one that was an actual entrepreneur before this. Then Izzy was more sales. Um, so we came together and then it was like, what are we good at? So we knew how to start a business. We partnered with a lawyer. Um, essentially, we did his content, and then he did all of our business stuff and all of our trademark stuff, which is still in the process of. We're still in the process of doing that. Yeah. And that happened, and then Izzy's brother um, handles a lot of our finances, and then meets with us um, weekly, and we handle it like that. Um, so we've just strategic partnerships for all the areas that we didn't understand, and then the business stuff like. Um, we're all learning together as we go. But again, we also have those strategic partners. And then Jackie, um, who is my old boss, who creates a lot on LinkedIn, we do her content. Um, she's just been like an awesome mentor as well and helps us with a lot of that stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what are your, what is your like, your trick then for doing so well in this company? What's your juice? I yeah. don't know. Um, I would say self-awareness um, as individuals and as a company, we know who we are. Um, people can't follow you if you don't know who you are and you don't know where you're going. I would say that's one. Um, two, like the story, but the story's not about us. Like it's about the community, right? Like I remember a guy that I met like a few weeks back. He's like, dude, I love everything you're going, everything you're doing with your company. Um, but it's because of the misfits. I identify with that. And like our story, it's not about us. It's something that you can identify with. And it's about the people that we empower. I would say the community, like hands down, like that's number two. Like, I mean, that's number one, but like we wouldn't be anything without the people. We've been able to build this buzz and help people. I'll fly to New York and people are like, damn, okay, I'm going to pick you up at the airport. Like that's how real it is. We have that trust. We have that influence. And then three, like just the personal branding, dude. Like we all, we all have a brand and that drove a lot of traffic especially in the beginning, that's where a lot of our clients came from. And it shortened those sales cycles because people knew who we were. Brema is one of the top Milwaukee Instagrammers. Like I was on LinkedIn, kids on YouTube and Izzy all in person. Now he's got these brands online too, but that personal branding piece, that community piece, the story piece. And then I forgot what I said in the beginning, but <laughs> whatever number one was. <laughs> Self-awareness. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how long did you say this company has been around? Uh, legally, it's been six months. Unofficially, it's been about 10, 11. And you've got like office space and multiple, and multiple employees. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, we're moving upstairs next week, actually. So about double the space. We're excited. Wow. 
weren't you even scared a little bit to go from the four of you being in like going in someone's living room to renting out an office space and starting to hire people was that a scary process for you yeah dude it's terrifying man like we were i made a video hey we need office space we'll trade services and we got two spaces that was easy um, when we moved and signed our own lease terrifying when we brought on our first full-time employee absolutely terrifying but if we don't do these things we'll die that's why we're moving upstairs because if we don't move and we don't grow we're gonna die so it's either we move, we grow, and then we die, or if we don't do anything, we're going to die either way. So, like, let's just do it, and let's hopefully we'll succeed. So, it's – dude, I'm terrified. I just, I'm really good at not giving up. So, got to do it. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. So, let's round this off. What do you think – well, what would you say is your one – biggest piece of advice to anyone that will be listening to this that's looking to well either is in a startup at the moment or is looking to start up a company um i'd say there's a lot of things i'd want to tell you um i would say if you're starting a company or you already have a company um i would say focus on also building your brand because you never know what's going to happen and a company could die at any moment company could get acquired at any moment so focus on building your brand as well because that brand and that community that you build there you can always take that and pivot in different areas especially if you start a new company or if you go work for somebody else you'll always have that with you so focus on building your brand too yeah okay that's awesome that's awesome well quinton thank you so much for being on the podcast i really really appreciate it because i know you're a busy guy and yeah i'm glad that i could catch you um yeah is there anything else actually yeah where can people find you uh yeah um any social media platform if you search at tag just hugh that should pop up otherwise linkedin's going to be a good spot um youtube i'm going to put a lot of focus on patreon uh, but tag just hugh i should pop up anywhere yeah i will put that in the description for you so that everyone can find you awesome my man appreciate you appreciate you too so this has been building from the bottom thank you all for listening episode 11 and i will see you next week thanks for listening